This is the Straight from the Net podcast with Jamie and Danielle. We say bad words and talk about inappropriate things that you may not want your coworkers, small children, or the easily offended to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, everybody. It's yet another episode of the Straight from the Net podcast, the one you've come to know and love. And guess who's still here again this week? And she's totally fine. It's me. It's Jamie. It's still me. I'm, I'm here for you. <laughs> and Hi. people are like, what happened to her? I'm like, she hurt her shoulder. She's probably going to have to get surgery. I know. I had my MRI on um, Thursday, and I have to take all this shit. I have to get up and take like three doses. I have to wake myself up at 3.30 in the morning to take a dose of prednisone. Oh, God. So really? I have to take one at 9.30 and then I have, in, in the at night before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. Then I have to wake, set an alarm, wake myself up at 3.30, take another one. And then I have to wake up again to go at at 9.30 when my MRI is at 10.30. I have to take another dose of prednisone and now three Benadryl. Oh, God. I was like, oh, my God. Paco was like, babe, they're going to arrest me. When I have to be, like, I throw this little white girl over my shoulder to get her back home. Mm-hmm. Like, because you are going to be knocked the fuck out. <laughs> Mind you, people, I have zero tolerance for medication. <coughs> if me. I need a pain pill, like a Percocet or something, if something's wrong with me where I have to take a pain pill, if I lick that thing, I'm out for three days. I know, I know. I have zero tolerance for pain pills. <laughs> I have zero tolerance for Benadryl. I take one mm-hmm. when I'm fi- when I want to go to sleep. I take a Benadryl. One Benadryl. One. Uh, Benadryl. <laughs> hey, remember how you used to itch? Remember you used to have that issue that where you would itch? I still itch. You still itch? Mm-hmm. Well, a friend of mine is having a baby, and now she has the same problem. Yeah. It's that little pimple-y looking yeah. things that itch terrible. So I have one up here, all long. and I have a couple on my knees now, and and, and it's, it's crazy, but... The crazy thing is, it's not as bad since I got on the big mama dose of vitamin D, where oh, I okay. had to take it for five weeks, mm-hmm. and then I've been taking the calcium plus vitamin D supplement because my calcium was really low, mm-hmm. and it's been better. So she might want to go and get her vitamin levels tested. Well, she's having her baby, like literally actually right now, but she had posted a couple of days ago that this has been help for her, and it just sort of popped up, and she was getting these little bumps, and they were making her itch, and she'd be up all night, and she's peeing all night, and she's miserable. And she's like, motherfucker, I'm never having another goddamn baby again. And I'm like, mm, I don't blame you girls. Sing it to the choir or whatever. But I was like, wow, that's interesting. I'm like kind of wondering because you're definitely not pregnant. Nope. But you had issues with your belly. Uh-huh. Right? Because they did surgery. And then she's got a baby. And it's pushing things all out of, all out of the way. Uh-huh. And she's really uncomfortable. And a hormone and are out of whack. And I, yeah, I'm kind of wondering if I think it's like definitely a, a hormone thing. Yeah, I'm like, I'm kind of wondering, like, a nutrient almost thing or something. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I thought I'd mention that. But, um, so, as everybody knows, uh, well, today's Tuesday, the 16th. It is. And everybody had their Valentine's Day. It's pres- President's Day was yesterday. Fuck me yeah, all up. President's Day was yesterday. Yep. We actually had Bruce's, Bruce's son was here all day yesterday. So, that was fun. Like, had a little six-year-old running around acting crazy with Jonathan. So, that was pretty fun. But, um, Valentine's Day was, was nice. And we had, like, the kids all weekend. And stuff, but you know, I got flowers and I, I got, got a little flowers. Necklace. Me, me, and Kathy got the exact same arrangement. There must have been a sale somewhere. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like, your arrangement is so pretty. It looks just like my arrangement. Oh, but I got cold hard cash, people. Yes, he did. He gave her money. I was like, oh, that's nice. I got, I got a really nice card. Like he always does the most beautiful things. Like he gives me this card, and 
he just tells me his feelings and oh, it's just it's Paco wonderful. put thought into his card this year which was very mm-hmm. nice of him because usually he doesn't like mm-hmm. usually it's a very generic card and this time it was a little astronaut and it said there's no place in this universe I'd rather be than next to you Oh, and then it's you open it up and it says I love you to the moon and back happy oh, Valentine's nice. Day and then it was like <coughs> I love you babe enjoy your mani petty and I got $80 and I was like that it's nice. That is nice. So now I'm wondering, do I want to use that for a mini petty, or do I want to do it to use my for my midlife crisis hair? <laughs> I'm having midlife crisis, people. And when girls, girls and boys do it very different. Boys will go out and buy a sports car, or get a younger girl, or get a younger girl, or yeah. you know something like that. Women usually do something that Crazy alters their hair. opinion, their appearance. Yes. They're going to get a facelift, or they're going to get mm-hmm. a tattoo. But ninety percent of the time, it's their hair. Yeah. So Jamie is going to see her good friend Allison on on Saturday, <laughs> where we are going to dye my hair super dark and add purple and blue highlights. Because oh, why the fuck not? That's going to be really interesting. Right. I'm kind of curious how that's going to turn out. Well, with Allison, she'll know, like, I it, she won't give me too much because mm-hmm. she knows, like, I'm ready. I, I tried to dye my whole hair purple yesterday. Like, oh. But my hair is dark, and I tried to dye it with this color, colorista. It's a temporary color. It washes mm. out in, like, four to six washes or something. Yeah. By L'Oreal. But it didn't work on my hair because my hair is, like, a dark blonde Almost mm. a light brown. Right. So I watched this video of this girl that did it, and it turned out great on her hair, but it didn't do anything to mine. Like, you can't even tell I put purple. Like, my no, scalp is all. a little purple from where it stained my scalp. Oh, okay. We'll see it. You're right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can't tell that there's any no. color in my hair. So, yeah, it was a bunch of shit. <clears throat> I wasted $12. Oh, doesn't that stink? I wasted the twelve dollars because I was I was like I need a change right now. Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm ready for it. Like I'm ready for a change. I'm ready for something a little different, a little crazy, something I've never done before. I don't usually do crazy stuff. Yeah, like I'm very like oh that's fun, but no. Yeah. Like, so I'm ready to do a little thing, something crazy, and get out there and it. Have and get out there with your new hair. Midlife crisis hair. Well, I just got our passports. I've never had a passport in my life. And as I've never had to leave the country outside of the Bahamas. And back right. then, you only needed a, a birth certificate. Okay. So, we just got our passports in the mail. And it's very exciting. I'm so excited for you guys. Yes. Like, so that's I'm coming up quick. Like, it's almost March. So Yeah, I know. April 7th. So, and it's really interesting, though. Because, so, they said, you need to have a corona test relief. And it has to be within 10 days of you leaving. Right. right. Well, my so, doctor does rapid tests, so there's that. Well, they have to be a certain test. and it Okay. Has to, so we have to go to, like, it's called curative around here. Um, and then before we're allowed to come back in the country, we have to get another corona test three days before we leave. Oh, so they make sure that you're not bringing it back home. And bringing it back home. So I'm like, oh, man. Like, it's kind of just scary in a way because you're like, oh, my God, I really don't want to get stuck. You know what I mean? Here or in Jamaica. Especially, like, if I have corona, because I know I already went through corona, and it sucked balls. It was not a good time. Right. You know what I mean? So, I'm a little nervous about that, but I'm also excited about being able to go away. Uh, so, we kind of got that going on, and I got my kitchen floor done over the weekend. That finally got done. Oh, I didn't even see it. When I walked in, I was just ready to... I'll have to look at it. Yeah, there. and then I just ordered my backsplash, and I'm going to be ordering my pool. 
Yeah, I things are going. I have been moving and shaking things up at Kathy's and getting everything ready. Mm-hmm. She's got the floors up in her bedroom are going to be done today, and they're going to start sanding and all that. So I don't even know if I can be there tomorrow. I'm going tomorrow, but I don't think I I'm going to be able to be there. Well, they'll be upstairs. Could no, they'll be downstairs. Oh, will they? Really? Yeah. Because that, that whole top floor, I can't imagine that they're actually going to be able to get it all sanded. He's working on that today. It's not, is it the whole top floor? Yeah, I'm pretty sure their whole top floor. Except maybe Scarlet's room? Scarlet's room's got brand new hardwood floors. And the boys' rooms have carpet. Oh, do they have carpet? Oh, okay. I don't know, maybe. But it, it should it should be interesting. Like, I mean, are just so, moving along. So it's just basically the hallway. Maybe? So the Sanders are coming and they're going to work in the living room today. Okay. So the living room's getting done today, and but there's the whole kitchen. Like if they're gonna be like somebody upstairs standing, somebody downstairs standing, mm. like we're not gonna be able to be up there. Like I'll die. Like oh, I know. I'm oh my like, god. <laughs> yeah, our boss is doing a, a transformation of lots of remodeling in her house. It's- I really like her countertops though. Yeah. Yeah, and her she got contact paper to go in the drawers that match her granite. Oh, yeah. No, she had asked me if I like it. And I was like, yeah, I like it. Except for those times when your plates get stuck to it and, like, it, it won't smooth, like, smoothly move. Oh, no. She didn't the do the cabinet. Paper. She just did She just did the drawers. Oh, she just did the drawers? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, but, I mean, I guess speaking of transformations, let's talk about Rachel Dolezal. She's still around still. Uh, she is a hot mess. I mean, let's just keep talking about it. Why not? Let's just keep making her something or other. Well, okay. So... According to the New York Post on oh, look, February twelfth, yeah, <laughs> that was Aiden's special treat. He got two special treats this weekend. Um, so I can't say no to the kid every time I go to the grocery store. It's like, what can you buy? You Everything fucking, you fucking push over. I know you got like coloring books and snacks. Like it's just ridiculous. Like put everything in the cart. Why not? Um, okay, so. Just as a big fat refresher for everybody, Rachel Dolezal was a woman who was like in a very high position at the NAACP, mm-hmm. um, which is very well known for African American issues, right? Yeah, it's um, what does NAACP stand for? National African something Na- or front end? National African American. Hold on, college or professionals or something? I don't um, even know. But she was in a very high. Let's ask. Okay. What does NAACP stand for? NAACP stands for National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. That's it. Yeah. So here she was, um, sort of pretending, believing, whatever you want to say, that she was African American, but she's actually a blonde-haired white woman. Yep. She basically spent years in blackface. More or less. Pretty much. And lying about her, her nationality, lying about mm-hmm. her heritage. And she came on um, the sh- on the Tamron Hall show. I uh-huh. think Tamron Hall's great. I just love her, by the way. But I have no she idea comes, who she is. It's like a, um, well, it's like a TV show, like a talk show or whatever. I don't know. I've only seen it a couple times. I just think she's kind of neat. Anyway, so she got found out about somehow somebody did an expose on her, why they decided. Well, her mother came out her. and was like, She's, yeah, she's not black. <laughs> but I think, like, a, it says in here that at one point, like, a uh, journalist put, like, a picture of her father in front of her and said, you know, these are your parents. Like, this is your father. They're both very, very white. How are you? African American. Yeah, and how did this happen? So, um, and the picture that you have now, her hair, you know, looks very ethnic. 
mm-hmm. you know, the picture that it is now. I mean, and she just looks like she's um, very light-skinned. Uh-huh. I'm, like, trying to say this and not make it sound like I'm being a racist asshole right now by saying who she is. Or what this picture looks like, anyway. But she's really a blonde-haired white woman, and she looks like a very light-skinned black woman in this picture. And she's saying that it's very hard for her to find a job still. She sort of went through this whole thing back in the day, you know, where they kind of called her out and her family came forward. And they're, like, very, very white. And they're like, look, you know, we don't know where she's getting this from. But her kids are, are, you know, mixed children. Like, she had, you know, black partners and... You know, like, I mean, she just feels more comfortable within the African-American community. That she and and that's fine. And that's what she should have said. Right. But she didn't. She actually sort of lied about who she was to people. And right. they're very, very angry at and her And that's, that's where it is. Because she basically, like, she, like, this is for the advancement of color people. And she shouldn't have been holding a, a high-ranking position in the NAACP. She... I mean, don't get me wrong. Maybe she did good work. Well, she really did do the fight. But they were all based on lies. And, she did. And it's she's having problems finding a job because of the lies she told. And consequences are a bitch. Well, and not and at first I was kind of like, uh, like I remember kind of coming out, but I didn't pay that much attention to it because I was like, oh, well, you know, it'll go away. We'll all forget about her. But back in 2015 when this was all kind of going uh-huh. on, she was saying that she was being bullied for being black. And her kids were being bullied for being black. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I did not know that she was saying these things, too. Cause I, like, again, I just didn't pay much attention to it at the time. You know, I was working three jobs in 2015. Like, trying to get my own shit together. I was not worried about what this woman was doing. Um, and that's what a lot of these people are coming out and saying. Like, you know, it's all well and good that, you know, you know, you feel more at home within our community. And this is like black people coming out saying it's all well and good. You feel that way, but you lied. And then you, you tried to take on this oppression that you've never experienced. Right. And it's like, you know, the things that we went through, you have never gone through. And right. then to say that this happened to you when it didn't happen to you, like this is not happening to you. And maybe some of this has happened to your children. Right. But it did not happen to you. It did not happen Because to you're not actually fucking black. And they were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So right. she wrote a book. Oh. Clearly, let's write a book. She's trying to get a job. She actually changed her name. She now has an African name. Oh, Jesus. Yes. She actually has. And she says she identifies as transracial. <sighs> yeah. Transracial. And I think it's it's kind of interesting. She's so self-serving that she you know won't what? just admit I identify it. as trans skinny. I know, right? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And trans D-cup. <laughs> I am trans 24, 36, 36, or whatever those fucking measurements are, Sir Mix-a-Lot likes. Oh, my God, if only. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. She says she's 43, so she's our age. Yeah. Wow. She says she now goes by the Nigerian name Nikechi Amari Diallo. But for some reason, she's saying she still can't get a job. Even though she changed her name and all this stuff, now she's saying, well, I still can't get a job because now... They're basically saying, well, you know, because you're black, like, you know, the name that you have, like, you know, she's being like, you know. Well, in a way, you know, she is now experiencing a little bit of something that the black community has dealt with. Experiences. And, you know, lesson learned. But here's the thing. No matter how much you say that, you know, your name is this, that doesn't change the fact that you are white. Mm -hmm. You are... Pigmently challenged, if that's what you want to call it. <laughs> Pigment. 
Melanin challenged. But you yes, are not black. And you cannot identify as black. You, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Maybe you can. Maybe you can. There's people out there identifying as aliens and cats and trees and bushes. Well, I think I can't say to... that my cousin can identify as a woman and can't say that she can't identify as black. Well, that's what I said. I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, I thought it was very interesting. Like, I was reading the comments because I actually got this this morning when I was laying in bed drinking my coffee. And I was very interested to see that a lot of the comments and a lot of them were, you know, from black people saying, we don't give a fuck at the end of the day. Like, if you would have just been like, look, like, I never said I was. I just, this is who I feel more comfortable with being. Or you just admitted what you did. Right. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, admitted what you did, apologize for what you did to that community, and, you know, still fight for this community. Like, that right. community would have been... Be an ally. everybody, but they probably would have tried to rally a little later. Right. Be an ally. Like, because she like, did do some good things within the organization from what a lot of people were saying that like she great. did. That's great. But I think it would have meant even more to people if she was the white woman that she was fighting as hard as she was for the African-American community. She wouldn't have been able to be in that high-ranking position. She may not have been able to be in the NAACP, but she was still fighting for... There's nothing wrong with being an ally. There is something wrong about lying up your reasons behind it. No, I agree. I almost kind of wonder, but so this is what she said. I said, I started with applying for all of the things I was qualified for, and after interviews and getting turned down, I even applied to jobs that didn't even require degrees, being a maid at a hotel, working in a casino... Um, I wasn't even able to get any of those jobs either. While employers didn't outright tell Dull is All, the culture vulture scandal was the reason for her rejections. She said it's hard for them to look past the false information available on Google and Wikipedia. Now, as far as I'm concerned, nobody is going to be checking Google and Wikipedia about you. Nope. I don't really think that not maybe maybe some of these other jobs that she probably was qualified for. But I really, really doubt that maids and casino, that kind of stuff. I, I kind of feel like she's completely full of shit. And she wants people, like, she just won't admit to what she's done. And she's trying to stay relevant in some sort of fucking way. And she's waiting for somebody to come to her aid. I don't fucking know. But I just find it very odd. And now, instead of her just admitting what she's done, she's now going, well, now I'm transracial. And she's sort of trying to, like, rally up with, like, transgender and things like that. I don't, that's kind of what I feel like. It's like, really? You know, because she's trying to say, well, why can't I be transracial, but they can be transgender? Right? Well, how could you? You can't. And and that's where it all goes wrong. And But why not? You know, at the end of the day, like, you know, why not, though? You know what I mean? Well, why not? Because she said, I'm still the same person I was in May of 2015. I'm still doing the work. I'm still pressing forward. But it's been really tough for sure. Uh, she taught Africana, Africana stories, or studies, I'm sorry, at East Washington University and was outed. As a race faker, after a local news reporter unearthed photos of her as a child and spoke to her parents, who were unequivocally Caucasian, she was ousted from her jobs and widely criticized for her di- her dishonesty. So. Well, she's not being punished for the work that she's done. She's being punished for the lies that she told. And it is what it is. Like, people are angry and... What do they call it? Culture thief? I think that's what they call it. Culture or appropriation. Culture appropriation? I don't know. I don't know. But speaking of people who identify as things. <laughs> okay. Um, this man. Mm-hmm. Who's married to a sex doll. Oh, Lord. This Ugh. is from smalljoysnews.com. 
Oh my god! And he is a bodybuilder who wet a sex doll, and he seeks new pleasure with other plastic wives. Yep. The famous bodybuilder who who was who wet a sex doll after dating it for two years is now making headlines again. According to the media, Yuri Talochko Talochko from Kazakhstan. Is that right? Kazakhstan. Yep. Yeah. He's from Kazakhstan. It's a lot. It's a lot going on here. Flew all the way to Moscow to meet another sex doll. The incident took place right after his wife had broken down and hence is undergoing repair. But it seems the man doesn't plan on waiting too long. And that's because he is considering more options as we speak. Oh. So here he is. In his little pink speedo. Hold on, let me put my glasses back on. See, it's hard, but I have to read myself. I can't see. Oh, he's hairy. He has he a is, fucking sweater. He is hairy. He's very hairy, but he's not a bad looking guy. He's not a bad looking guy, but somebody so, fucking whacks that motherfucker. Yuri, Electrolysis. Right? Yuri confirmed to media outlets <laughs> how he... <laughs> he's really hairy. How he is very keen on experimenting with other options as Margot, his wife, undergoes repair. And if that means having several wives at the same time, then so be it. Mm. I don't want Margot to break down again, he exclaimed. Hence, that means, they, they like the word hence. Hence. Hence, I know, right? Hence, that means I have to unload her. But instead of doing so, I've decided to have several wives at the same time. This tradition already exists in a lot of Eastern cultures, he added. Yeah, but that's with real people. <laughs> <laughs> that's with real people, Yuri. Anyway, Yuri then talked about his current two options. One is a Russian sex doll who the bodybuilder flew on a plane just to meet. However, they didn't let him out of the airport due to the quarantine purposes. So he flew all the way to Moscow to meet this. The next robot? The next Miss Plastic Wife. What the hell? And he has been stuck in the airport because of COVID restrictions. For that reason, Yuri has a number of other ventures on his mind. This includes sex, sexual experimentation with a large chicken. What the fuck? No. What? Wait, say that one more time. If this includes sexual experiment with a large chicken. Not a live one. The bodybuilder explained his fantasy of a big chicken sex toy that would have a vagina and a penis. And, simply, and he simply can't wait for it. Moreover, he added what? how the mere thought of having sex with a big chicken turns him on. Why? Why? Why are we reading? This is uh, awful. This is you fantastic. You, you didn't realize it was going to go this way, did you? Ooh. Just last month, he shared a shocking video where he was busy stroking and breaking off flesh from a chicken. What? Ah, and that was so he could achieve the autonomous sensory meridum response. Come. Apparently, this is a tingle that a tingle-like sensation that arouses many, giving it. A similar feeling of sexual pleasure. Oh, here he is in a tutu. Wait, so he, he was fucking a dead chicken? I, and and chicken I'm guessing it was like apart? chicken from like a store. That's what I'm guessing. I'm anyway. Gonna, oh my god, I got that throat. Oh my god. Hence, <laughs> here it is. Hence, let's start a drinking game. Whenever this article says hence, drink a shot. Oh my god, I'm gonna be drunk. Hence, after his wild sexual experience with chicken meat, he now wants a toy that he can take care of. What a bizarre world, what after all. What the hell? 
Uh-huh. Oh, and that's it. It just ended like that? It just ended with, what a bizarre world after all. And here Wait, he, and here he, he is in his tutu. Did, did he get his, his new wife? I don't know. Or he's just fucking chicken. I, I, I. Jamie, oh my God. You didn't read this, did you? You saw the headline and read like three words. And you had no clue it was going to take this kind of time. I didn't know it was going to go to chicken. <laughs> <laughs> or pictures of him in a tutu. I know. Like, why? He's a fucking wackadoodle. All right, you, Yuri from Kaskaskistan. Why is he so weird? Oh I don't know. God. He's like, that's a fucking piece of chicken. Well, another person that just really gets on my fucking nerves. So, let's talk about this fucking Gorilla Glue girl. Oh my god, I'm so tired of this bitch and everybody else that's fucking around with Gorilla Glue. Alright, so A, I'm going to make this quick, okay? Because we're giving her time. And what needs to happen with these situations is that we just don't give them time. Right. You know? We don't give them the fucking attention that no, they No, the fact that we're even still talking, we're talking about her, even though it's like, oh God, it's it's still attention. We're the problem. <laughs> so, I'll make this quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make us being the problem very quick, okay? She's got an agent, a full-time agent. Why I have no fucking idea, but this is the where our life, this is where our world's going, and we should all be fucking afraid, okay? Uh, and then we get an into agent this. for what though? What I is she? Even what know. the fuck is she? I guess for talk shows and shit. Maybe I'm thinking uh, I don't know, but the agent looks like remember the cat woman who got all that plastic surgery and she looked like a cat. Uh-huh. The agent looks like her sister. Oh, uh, yeah, like she's just had so much shit done to her fucking face. All right, so. Now there's a new one. And actually, our friend Mikey posted this this morning. There is a new one. And it's a total... This person's just being a total, like, hey, I'm going to, like, hop on this. What do they call them? Bandwagon jumpers. Bandwagon jumper. So after watching what that woman went through putting it in hair, he, too, went and did it in his own hair. And... Look, for he's the record, like, I, I can't tell what's happening with him, though. He's got no eyebrows. He's kind of got makeup on like a girl. But you know he's not a girl. The thing is with this one, like, you put Gorilla Girl in your hair and you didn't even bother to do it first. You just sprayed it on there. At least she was trying to, like, make it pretty. And her hair did look good. Yeah, she wanted flat edges, right? Right, she She wanted her edges edges. laid. But, you know what? She looks good. You can't even bitch because, you know, she had to have that hairstyle for a month, but at least it was cute. Like, this guy didn't even fix his hair. He was just spraying. He just sprayed glue gorilla, on, glue, gorilla Glue on there just because he wanted the attention. And I yeah. fucking hate people like that. And this guy is, like, a to- opportunist. That's what I was looking for. He's being an opportunist. And it's funny, in a way, that he went and put this all over his head. Uh-huh. He posted all this shit to TikTok. Uh-huh. He said, I can't even brush through my hair. And he's trying to brush through it, and all it is is, like plastic you know what I mean because everything's all but then he starts faking this um like panic attack uh huh and man people were just not here for it they didn't fucking want it they didn't want him they wanted him to go and they were like how you know you're a faker you're just being dramatic we can all tell blah 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 and sure enough he put up his little GoFundMe and he had enough now to go to LA and I'm like that's exactly what the fuck he wanted yep and this is the kind of people that make me upset. Like, this is why I get angry. It's like, people like him and his craziness yep. and his, like, you know, you can tell he don't work and he mooches off of people. Because I've known people like him. I've known people like him my whole fucking life. 
You know what I mean? And you can tell exactly what kind of person he is. And he just wants the attention. And yeah. he wants to be a smart ass. And he wants to whatever. And now he's doing all this shit. And now he's taking money from people because he couldn't get it on his own. So now he's like, I'll find a way. I'll do this. So he did. Right. And this motherfucker votes. And he shouldn't be allowed to fucking vote. Because there's something fucking wrong with him. So here he is. Just saying. He's, you know, he's a boy. Well, he might be transgender according. like. With the I'm not really thing. sure because he's not really like a girl... Girl, anyway, he's he's obviously. Well, what's it called when they just have no gender? I can't remember. Um, it's not cis because cis is what normal gay people. I'm not normal gay people. I don't mean normal. I'm trying to decide. I don't know. Non-binary, maybe. Non-binary. It's like hard to tell. Like you can tell. Like I don't know that he really is fully whatever because he's still right. He probably goes by some weird pronoun. So anyway, Bonnie Reyes is his name. Here's this person who can obviously shave their head. He has yeah, he barely any hair it's as all, it is. Yeah. It's a hot mess, though. Right. It's bad. So here you are flipping out about all this stuff, and now some all these people donated, and you're not even going to use that money to better yourself with your hair. You're going to use that money to yeah, jump on a plane money. and go to L.A. because you think you're going to be famous. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly why. And that's what kills me about like people who are like, "Oh, I'm a I'm an influencer." That's not a real job, and why are we paying these people to do it? I mean, I can understand. Well, oh god, did you watch that on um, HBO? What making an influencer or something? No. Or making a, oh my god, it was wild. It was wild. You have to check it out. I'm actually. It it, it was it, very interesting. I actually want to go back and watch it again because I was watching it kind of while I was working. Uh huh. And I can't really pay attention completely while I'm working. Um, but that was very, very insightful and very interesting to see that the life that they have and who gets more perks over who. Like, women totally get more than men. Um, and they're expected to, like, kind of perform. But the way that they made, they turned, they took four people and attempted to put them, like, to make them an influencer by getting them all this stuff. And only one survived. Like, the rest of them couldn't hack it. It just was way too much. So, it was very interesting to that. But the one thing I'm watching right now is this, um, it's on HBO Max. It's, um, with Anna Kendrick in it. And it's, like, a series. And it's, um, like, about, like, her love life, like, love life's lives or whatever. And it goes through, like, all the different men, you know, from when she's a teenager. It is excellent. I mean, I am, like, completely knee-deep in it. And it's is called it, Love Something. It, her true story or is it just no it's just it's like it's just a show and it's i'm trying to remember what the hell it's called it's called love life and it's uh an hbo max original and it's got anna kendrick in it and it is excellent i love anna kendrick i love her too but this shows her in a very very different light the only thing i don't like from anna kendrick is that fucking cup song other than that i think she's fantastic oh i know oh my god i was like if i have to fucking hear that song again um, but I really highly suggest it. And it's it's interesting because the way that they talk in it is very, very much like how you and I would talk uh-huh. going through dating and the different shit that you go through. It's very, very real. And so anyway, but I thought I'd tell that, that. But this guy, I'm so fucking tired of these people. Like, why do we give these people platforms? You know why? Because we're the problem. We keep talking about them. And I just made half of them. I think it's problem. selfish. I'm just like, you know what? He did this on purpose. And people were angry because he was saying he was having a you know, anxiety attack. And it was very, very clear that, I mean, he was just being very histrionic, very whatever. 
And people just were like, you know, you shouldn't, you know, pretend that kind of thing because people have it and it's serious. And, and normally I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up. Everybody just move on. But I, you know what my big problem is? I don't like when other people lie or oppress another person. Right. And I had to figure out why it would keep me up at night and make me so fucking angry when I would watch other people do this. I ended up in therapy, like discussing certain things for whatever reason. I was in, I, when I had my heart problems. Right. And I was trying to work through like my whole trauma going through the heart thing. And it kind of came up and she was like, the reason a lot of people get so stuck on stupid over these things, which is what I get over because it interrupts your moral center. That explains so much. That's probably mm. why I'm constantly fucked up. Why you're constantly fucked up? Like I, I, cause people fuck with my moral center. Yes. Well, I'm mean, that's what I'm saying. Like when I see people that are doing this and they're doing this lying to other people and staging things to get to benefit for them. And you know that these kinds of people, they don't have a normal job. They don't take part in society like anybody else does. Right. They suck the life out of every fucking body. You remember when I got into the fight a few years back with a with some one of our friends that we won't mention his name, mm-hmm. but he kept saying things like, um, be excellent to each other. And he kept posting these little like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, and it, it upset me a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is what you need to do. Because well, it was hypocritical. Right. I he think, was being hypocritical. I think that it fucking shook my moral compass. Yeah, because it, it, like, it'll just, like, really piss you off. And that's kind of how I felt with this guy. I'm like, you know, you know goddamn well you are using other people. And I can't fucking stand it. And I think it's disgusting. You know what I mean? That here other people are, like, donating to you because they think that you really need it. Because clearly they're deaf, dumb, blind, and stupid when they see it. I don't know. It just bothers me. I, too, have something that is disgusting. I mean, what? Half the stuff you told me you had sounded like one big, fat... Fucking World News Daily Report. It really does. But this, this is legit. This is from smalljoystv.tv again. Okay. So this happened in the UK. An elderly man, after a store staff refused to let rescuers use their defibrillary, defibrillator oh, dogs. Oh, no. Holy so crap. So this, it says an elderly man had passed away in pain after security personnel at a store refused to give a defibrillator to the people who were attempting to save the senior. So... All stores, all businesses have to have defibrillators now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not just for that store. They're for the public. Especially right. if you work retail, obviously it's for a fucking yeah. customer. So anyway, um, the incident took place in Gillingham, UK, where a man in his 90s collapsed near a local, a local Tesco extra store. According to the shopper, Samantha Badger, after she called the emergency services and started performing CPR on the senior, Badger was told by the, by the dispatcher to get the defibrillator from a no- nearby store. When another resident who was helping the woman tend to the elderly man tried to get the life-saving device, they allegedly stopped, the, he was stopped by security personnel, according to, oh no. Wait, so he went and got, so the person went and got it, and then, what, really? So they, the, there's somebody went into the Tesco store and was like, look, I need your defibrillator. So they were like, no, you can't have it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, we need it to save this man's life. Your internet cut out, something happened. So, um, so they're like, no, you can't have it. Okay. Now we're getting up. there. Yeah. So it said, um, when another resident who was helping the woman tend to the elderly man tried to get the life-saving device, however, they were allegedly stopped by the store's security personnel. According to Samantha, the staff insisted that the fibrillator was not for public use, even though a person was dying right next to their store. 
Oh, my God. Not only did the staff fail to hand over the medical equipment, but they also called the police to report theft after the purchasing assistant badger tried to run off with it. <gasps> sadly, wow. yeah, sadly, the elderly man passed away and was pronounced dead soon after the paramedics arrived to the store. I'm absolutely disgusted with Gillingham Tesco's at, ba- at Bow Bowwater's roundabout. When I woke up today, I didn't think I didn't envision having to perform CPR next on my next door neighbor. But as instructed by the nine 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 emergency service. I carried out whilst, 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 whilst the SGN employee ran over to Tesco to grab the defib that the emergency people told her to grab. Mm-hmm. Badger wrote in a Facebook post as she ca- called for the store staff to be held accountable, which they absolutely fucking should be. Mm-hmm. She added, so I carried on with the CPR and instructed, as instructed, waiting for the defib or an ambulance, whichever came first. It was the ambulance. I heard it as it arrived first, first, then they took over CPR and heartbreakingly the patient had passed away and the defib never did turn up because the workman ran into Tesco and collected it as he was running out of the shop with it. The security guard stopped him and told him that it wasn't for public use. Oh my god. This distraught man was so upset and explained that 999 emergency services said to come get it. And me, as a lady me, was performing CPR on a subject, a heart attack, but they wouldn't let him leave the store and it despite the emergency services. Mm. So she's like pissed off. She's disgusted. Um she let the world know that this person did not make it. I'm appalled. This may have saved this gentleman's life, but instead the poor chap. And myself fighting desperately to save his life, being denied emergency equipment meant he sadly didn't make it. Following oh. the patient's death, Kent police confirmed that they received a call about an attempted theft over the medical device from the Tesco store in question. Oh my During god! During this call, the caller was informed there was a genuine there was a genuine medical emergency nearby, and this was not an attempt at theft. Oh. Meanwhile, a spokesperson of Fort Tesco said, "We're incredibly sorry to hear about this, and shocked to hear." hear the reported circumstances mm-hmm. it wouldn't be appropriate for us to comment further while we're investigating this these reports mm-hmm. they also confirmed that they have 2,600 defibrillators in stores across the country whereas the devices are free to use by anyone experiencing an emergency they are why what are your thoughts on this matter let us know in the comments don't forget to share this post my thoughts on the matter is that you need to fucking fire everybody in that store Anybody that was involved with it, and especially that security guard. Right, that security uh-huh. guard, all of them. Like, and you called 911, and they said it's not a theft, let them have it, and uh-huh. you still didn't? Like, I, I'm sure that they're expensive. Like, the but that's what they're fucking there But for. that's what they're there for. And you know what? That's replaceable in this man, even though he was in his 90s, is not replaceable. And you're pieces of garbage, and I hope that, that Tesco has to pay out. Like I That's what I'm thinking they too. To like they out. sue their asses. Because like, I sue, feel sue, like sue. I feel like they're like the um the Walmart almost of the UK. Hmm. Or the Walmart. I don't know if any of our UK listeners, that would be really great if they could like, Right. Let us if know. you can what? let us know what what it is. Is it like a Target or a Walmart? Or yeah. is it more like Or do they not know what that a is? A seven eleven or <laughs> no, I'm sure they know what a Target is. Um, or is it more like a 7-Eleven or a Wawa, which is like a convenience store? Yeah, like a run-in, run-out kind of convenience store. Right. Please let us know. We'd <laughs> love to know. You know what? There's this other interesting story since we're on death right now. Okay. 
Oh, oh, you're going to do this one? Because I'm excited. Because I want to hear this this so bad. So, me, this is from CollectiveEvolution.com. Let me get comfy and have some Cheetos. <laughs> She's going to eat some more Cheetos. So, I know that you're hearing that, and it's the Cheeto bag. Um, and her chewing. Her, <laughs> She's now chewing the Cheeto. Okay. Um, oh, my God. My stepson is going to be like, what the hell happened to my Cheetos? So... <laughs> Anyway, everybody kind of knows now, if you've been listening to the podcast, I'm all about, like, like the ghosts and the aliens and the mm-hmm. afterlife and all that kind of, like, I'm big, big, big into it, right? And if I could quit my job today, I would write books, I would travel around the world, I would want to go meet with people who had near-death experiences, I would want to do past life regressions, I would want to do all of that shit. Now, how I'm in, like, this whole other district of, like, real estate and investments and all that kind of shit, I don't know, because that's not what I would do if I could I'm currently watching on Discovery Plus, um, Zach Baggins, and he has all these, like, possessed and cursed objects. I'm obsessed. Oh, my God, really? hmm Well, this is, um, like, there's this one, um, guy out of University of Virginia, his name was, uh, his name's. Uh, Jim Tucker, he was a psychiatrist, and he started doing, um, like, all of these, like, actually publishing all mm-hmm. this, all these stories, right? And he started doing it in 2008, and from what people say in this article, he's, like, the world's leading researcher on the topic, you know, like, the kids that remember their past lives, right. all that kind of stuff, right? Well, I guess through the years, he's had, like, offshoot people going around, like, and they're, like, in different countries, when they have people that kind of say, hey, I've got, like, this kid here. He's saying he was part of this or he's part of that right. or whatever that may be. He has other people that will report back to him. So, in this case, it was um, a prominent physician in Israel named Eli Lash. Well, he died in 2009, but before he died, he was working on this case. And this case is fascinating. So, it says... Uh, let me see. I already told you about him. He passed away in 2009, but before he did, he was investigating a supposed reincarnation case in which a three-year-old boy claimed to have remembered a past life. In this life, in this life, he remembered being struck by a big blow to the head with an axe and having a long red birthmark on his head. The present-day boy, whose name remained confidential throughout the entire study, also had a birthmark in the same exact spot, which is interesting because multiple studies, like the one published in Explorer, I didn't read that study, point out how shared birthmarks are common to children who remember their past lives. Um, and then they kind of tell you, you can like click on this button here and you can see more right. articles. It says the boy's father and a number of other relatives in the village decided to visit neighboring communities. Cause I was wondering that I didn't read all this part to see if his past life identity identity could be established. And Dr. Lash was invited to join on this journey. They visited multiple villages until the boy remembered the right one. He remembered his own first and last name, as well as the first and last name of his murderer. Oh, fuck. Yep. According to the Institute for the Integration of Science, Intuition, and Spirit, I am not able to retrieve the source as it appears to have been removed, but I will leave the text here and another reference at the bottom of this quote. So then they kind of go through and tell you what Dr. Lash saw. So it says, a member of this community who had heard the boy's story said that he had known the man that the boy said that he was in the past lifetime. This man had disappeared four years earlier and was never found. This is the little boy's previous life. It was assumed that this person must have come to some misfortune as it was known that individuals were killed or taken prisoner in the border areas between Israel and Syria for being suspected of being spies. So to them, it was kind of normal. If they don't come back, it's because they went a little too far and they were gunned down and you ain't never going to see them again. So the group went through the village and at one point the boy pointed out this past life house. Curious bystanders gathered around and suddenly the boy walked up to a man and called him by name. 
The man acknowledged that the boy correctly named him, and the boy then said, I used to be your neighbor. We had a fight, and you killed me with an axe. Mm-hmm. What? Dr. Lash then observed that this man's face suddenly became white as a sheet. The three-year-old then stated, I even know where he buried my body. So the boy then led the group, which included the accused murderer, into fields that were located nearby. The boy stopped in front of a pile of stones and reported, he buried my body under these stones and the axes over there. Now, it kind of seems like, wow, this is like a really smart three-year-old. Because, like, that's a lot of, like, language for a three-year-old. You know what I mean? Like, when my kids were, like, three, they're like, poo-poo, mama, dad. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't say, you buried me over here and there's the axe. You know, it's just a little much. The boy's full story has been documented in the book, Children Who Have Lived Before, Reincarnation Today, by German therapist Trutz Hardo. Excavation at the spot under the stones revealed the skeleton of an adult man wearing the clothes of a farmer, and on the skull, they observed a linear split consistent with an axe wound. Hmm. Yeah, so you know I want to go read this book, right? You know I want to go get it, but it's like in German, so I'm wondering if it's been, you know. Translated? Translated in, yeah, because I'm like, oh, shit. Like, that is just insane. Like, this actually happened. I have a crazy one that also actually happened. Yeah, I'm actually keeping this one because I want to make sure if I ever get a chance to fucking read over again right? in my life, I'm reading that one. So, I have one by Ranker.com. Mm-hmm. And it is a story about an entire community made a vigilante pact to kill the town bully and kept it quiet for 30 years. Oh, my God. This is kind of like how Freddie died. Uh-huh. <laughs> one, two. Okay. Ken Rex McClory was murdered on July 10th, 1981 in one of the most bizarre cases authorities have ever encountered. It should have been open and shut. There were dozens of witnesses and the shooting occurred in broad daylight. What? Yep. But it wound up being anything but. Despite the facts, the residents of Skidmore, Missouri. This happened here? Mm-hmm. Shut the Weren't so up. eager to talk about or point fingers. In the end, no one came forward. <gasps> it sounds like the end of Roadhouse. But it's... <laughs> it does. <laughs> but it's no Hollywood fantasy. An entire town enacted vigilante justice on the man who terrorized them for years. Even though there were more than 30 witnesses to the small-town murder, police still don't know who exactly ended McClory's life. An entire community sick of being let down by the justice system took the law into their own hands and got away with it. McClory was struck down in his truck in the middle of the day. On the day of McClory's passing, he was in his truck with his wife. Her name was Trina. They were parked on the main street in Skidmore in broad daylight, when they were surrounded by a disgruntled group of 30 towns residents. <gasps> Damn! Yeah. As McClory nonchalantly reached to light a cigarette from the pack he had just bought, several shots were fired into the truck. He was struck in his head and neck while Trina screamed in horror. No one attempted to assist McClory, and no one called an ambulance. The townsfolk had no intention of letting him survive. Mm-hmm. Oh. There were at least two shooters in the crowd of over 30 residents. There was more than one shooter present at the time of the murder, no doubt as part of an effort to make it difficult to ascertain who was the responsible. One shot came from behind the truck and another from a block away. Shell casings A block were- away? Jesus, what was he, a sniper? Yep. Shell casings were found at the scene from a twenty two caliber and an 8mm Mauser. Later, a later of, oh, the latter of which was a long-range had long-range capabilities. So that's why it was from a block away. They, uh, well, I was going to say, it had to The 8mm Mauser um, has long-range capabilities. 
None of the witnesses would divulge divulge any information. McClory's wife, Trina, eventually accused Del Clement, a rancher and a business owner in town. Clement never confessed, and they, he was never charged. A coroner's jury, jury didn't think that there was evidence for an arrest warrant, and no one ever corroborated Trina's accusations. So the FBI grand juries and county prosecutors couldn't make a resident talk. County Prosecutor David Barrett put forth a grand jury confident a suspect would be detained with so many witness in a, witnesses in attendance. Despite this, no arrests were ever made on any suspects named or named in a, at all. So the FBI held over 100 interviews but was unable to find a shred of evidence to tie a single person to this man's death. Oh my God. The people of Skidmore refused to talk so no indictments made could be made. Mm. McClory's final foul act was assault on the town grocer. And this is the town grocer, the sweet old man. All right. Okay. Okay. It says, in 1980, McClory's daughter was accused of taking candy from the Skidmore Town Grocery owned by a 70-year-old Ernest, they called him Bo, because his last name was Bowenkamp. So, Ernest Bo Bowenkamp. Mm -hmm. When McClory was confronted over this, the matter, his response was to offer money to Mrs. Bowman to, to fight his wife, Trina. <laughs> Wait, what? what? So instead, yeah, I'll give you some money if you want to. I'll give you right. money for it if you want to so, fight my way. So he, that's what his response was. He what? he offered Mrs. Bowenkamp money to fight his wife Trina. McClory then began spending time outside of the grocery in his pickup truck with a gun on hand in July of that year. McClory caught Bowenkamp on the store's dock waiting on a repairman. Oh, okay, there it is. Um, this is insane. Uh, okay. McClory then began spending time outside, blah, blah, blah. McClory caught Bo Bowen Camp on the store's dock waiting on a repairman. Bowen Camp told McClory to leave as he was trespassing. McClory, it's McElroy, that's what it is. Okay. Gave money to two young boys to go buy a soda so that when, ah. Uh, so there would be no one to witness when McClory shot Bowenkamp in the neck. <gasps> After shooting the town, grocers and escaping punishment once again, the people of Skidmore decided to pool their efforts and protect witnesses. And protect witnesses said set to attend a hearing to revoke McClory's bond on the morning of July tenth, nineteen eighty one. McClory was somehow able to get the hearing postponed. However, oh. infuriating the town, a town meeting was held to discuss McClory through. Though no one knows if it was for further planning the protection of witnesses or to facilitate an act of retaliation. McClory's widow, that's her, she looks lovely. That's Trina. That's Trina, sued Skidmore. In 1984, Trina filed a wrongful death suit against the county sheriff's office, the mayor, and Del Clement. Although she was seeking $6 million, the suit was settled out of court for just over 17000 And no wrongdoing was admitted by any of the parties. The official reason for the suit failing to proceed further was was a desire to avoid a costly legal fees. Trina eventually remarried, left Skidmore, and moved to Lebanon, Missouri, where she passed away in January of 2012. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like, how mean was the guy? I don't know. You he know apparently I mean? married his victims to avoid legal charges. McElroy no, met Trina when she was just 12 years old, <gasps> and he was more than 20 years her senior. 
After committing statutory rape and impregnating the then 14-year-old Trina, Jesus. McElroy moved the young girl into his home that he shared with his Commonwealth, Commonwealth wife, Alice. Trina gave birth to McElroy's um, child in 1973. And according to Trina's account, McElroy married her in 1974 in order to avoid charges of engaging with a minor. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Even after his marriage to Trina, McElroy continued to father children with Alice. Collectively, <gasps> he had 11 children between three women. <gasps> oh my uh-huh. god! Angered with his future in-laws, McElroy dispatched their dog and burned down their house. <gasps> According to court records, after the birth of her <gasps> first child with McElroy, Trina ran home to her parents. McElroy reportedly found her and took her back to his house. McElroy was alleged... Allegedly angry when Trina's mother and stepfather refused to permit him to marry the underage girl. And so he returned to their home and killed their dog. He then set their (gasps) house on fire, burning it to the ground. Trina would later recant the story that led to McElroy's multiple indictments when speaking with People Magazine after his passing. Dear God. McElroy targeted his future wife when she was only 12 years old. Before McElroy impregnated and eventually married Trina... McElroy routinely followed her school bus, honking and yelling until it pulled over, and she was able to. Re- he was able to remove the twelve-year-old girl after mm. giving birth to the to the parents. This just gets worse right. and worse. No wonder he got shot. After Jesus. giving birth to the pair's first child together, McElroy was indicted for statutory rape, the arson of Trina's mother's house, and assault. Trina was placed in foster home with her baby, infuriating McElroy. He would sit outside the foster home and threaten to kidnap the family's daughter. Reportedly, he said he would trade their daughter, implying he would abduct her for Trina, a girl-for-a-girl exchange. He's been indicted 21 times. McElroy regularly intimidated witnesses to avoid conviction. Oh, my God. Oh, God. So McElroy had a long list of offenses that had one reason or another gone largely unpunished. In other cases where McElroy was arrested and charged, he would employ the same behavior as he did with the Bowen camp um, coercion. As such, witnesses would refuse to testify, lawyers would balk at prosecuting him, and judges were loath to incite his wrath. Plus, Skidmore endured McElroy as his illicit actions without any hope of conviction sticking. Even after conviction in the shooting of Bowencamp, McElroy was able to successfully appeal and avoid jail before his passing. Oh, dear God. Everybody hated this man. In one many of one of many criminal interactions with McElroy, Skidmore farmer Romaine Henry alleged that McElroy shot him in 1976. In his claim, Henry said he had confronted him for firing guns on his farmland. Instead of leaving, McElroy targeted Henry. While waiting on a trial date to, do, to be set, McElroy drove his pickup to Henry's farm and repeatedly intimidated the farmer. Then a trial was finally set. McElroy managed to find two raccoon hunters who claimed that it was them and not, and not Hen- <laughs> and not, not on Henry's property on the date in question. McElroy ended up being acquitted. The book and movie adaptation in broad daylight were based on McElroy's passing. Ooh, I'll yeah. have to watch that. Wait, that was a movie with... Madonna and Sean Penn? Is uh, that what that one? Or? No, no, Brian Dennehy. Oh, damn, I was way off. <laughs> You're like, yeah, no. Just, you sit there and just Author listen. Harry N. McLean wrote the New York Times bestseller when he put the story of Skidmore and McClory in the paper in broad daylight. Details of McClory's life beginning as the 15th of 16 children, dropping out of school at age 15 and going on a life of crime and ended up in a mysterious case of vigilante justice. 
1991, a film adaptation of the book was produced for television. Brian Dennehy portrayed Len Rowan. A character based on Mc- McElroy co-stars include Cloris Leachman, may she rest in peace, yes. Marsha Gay, Harden, and Chris Cooper. And that's the end. Like, that was interesting. Like, these people were, like, fed up with this shit and was like, boom, 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 die. Yeah, like, they were like, I'm not dealing with this and I'm not dealing with you. Right. And I've absolutely had enough of your bullshit. Right. What a good story. I think it's also interesting that they had more than one shooter, so nobody would really know who killed him. Right. But at the same time, can you imagine, even though Trina's a piece of shit person, probably too, who She knows? probably has Stockholm Syndrome. Maybe. I mean, in a way, I don't know. She was fighting other people. I don't know. But could you imagine being in the car, you're driving down the street, and this mob comes out, and all of a sudden bullets start flying? Right, I feel was like... Was he killed in the truck? He was in the truck. Yeah, he was in the... That's what I thought With you her. said. In the truck. But they were still careful enough not to kill her. Yeah. Like, they, they had... Whoever was in there had good aim. Yeah. Like, not a single ricochet, nothing. They both... both not a single ricochet. Both bullets hit this man, <laughs> and then he died there, and nobody called the police. But why didn't Trina call the police? Was she in shock that her husband was dying right next to her? I feel like she's a little relieved. Maybe maybe she couldn't call the police because everybody was around her and they didn't have cell phones. Like, how the fuck was she supposed to get through this mob of people? Right. So that's true. I mean, we're thinking it's 1980s. That's insane. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where to go with that after that, though. Oh, my God. We got to wrap things up, though. It's 56. Holy crap. Oh, well. We were really deep into this podcast, y'all. Right. We're getting ready to keep on going. So if you um, were know, part of a mob in the 80s, no, if you were part of a vigilante mob in the 80s, if you have had sex with a giant chicken, please write us in at straightfromthenet at gmail.com. You could also find us at straightfromthenet at, on Facebook. And I am in the twat box at Jamie from Straight From The Net. You can get me on Twitter. Uh-huh. Um, Danielle has a bunch of awesome fucking uh, platforms that you can hear us on. <laughs> You know what? If you've had sex with a chicken, she keeps doing this. Please don't write us in. No, write us in. We don't want her to write us Send in. Send pictures. She's like, please don't. <laughs> We're going to set up Jamie her own. Like, email. <laughs> I think I'll be like, look, I can't stay in therapy anymore. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, I, it's going to put me right back in. All right. So, anyway. So, <laughs> dang it. Okay. So, we're on New York Daytime Radio. That's right. New York Daytime Radio at the Voice of Hudson Valley Radio, the WMLD. Every Wednesday at 1 o'clock. And if you miss it, that's okay. You'll hear us on Saturday at 7 o'clock. And if you miss it, then it's fine because we're going to upload it to all our platforms, including SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iPodcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. And hopefully, if we can ever get our goddamn shit together and make this podcast a priority because we love you guys so very much, uh, I don't know. Maybe we don't have to pay so many bills. Uh, we'll have some more people and some more platforms and we'll bring in some more shit that we keep promising we're going to do. So, anyhow, who? In the meantime, make it's good a decision. work in progress. <laughs> it is. But, okay, uh, bye. Yeah, okay, bye. <laughs>